Easter. Four days of outdoor adventures, work in the garage or doing stuff around the home or even in the garden. you got to love that. Bring on the jobs and pile them up. 101 long weekend jobs ready to tackle. You could be in the outdoors, putting your four-wheel drive to the test, tearing down an internal wall or maybe putting a new one up, or even repurposing an old wine barrel for an outdoor table. Whatever the task over Easter, Trojan Tools are up for the job. Trojan Tools. Quality tools at DIY prices backed by a lifetime warranty. Available in store or online at Bunnings Warehouse. Trojan. Tools built tough. The AFL season is underway and you can now watch every game of every round live on KO. Games of the round include Carlton vs Richmond on Thursday night. These games don't get much bigger than this and no matter where these teams are on the ladder, it's always a blockbuster. On Friday night, it's Collingwood vs Sydney. Speaking of big games, these two do not play a bad one, especially with Brody Grundy and Taylor Adams now playing for the Swans against their old mob, the Pies. And on Saturday afternoon, it's Essendon vs Hawthorne. The line in the sand. Gee whiz, this could be exciting two young up-and-coming teams watch live now with no ad breaks in play 4k capabilities have arrived you can now watch selected afl games in detail so clear you think you're part of the action new to ko get on board and start your free trial today g'day guys welcome back to dylan friends this week on the show how exciting how cool I have wanted to get this young man i won't say young man this man in the studio for a long time sam wood uh, and I think a lot of you might know him from The Bachelor, but bloody hell, he's had a massive impact off the screen, which has been incredible to see over the last sort of 12 months. Um, but yeah, he's got an awesome, awesome story. He's been through a fair a fair bit and got so much knowledge for those interested in business or starting something new. This is honestly the podcast for you. It's been so cool to sort of reflect with him on his whole journey and how he's built his brand, 28 by Sam Wood. They got valued at 71 million dollars 71 million dollars people so that is absolutely unbelievable but he was so open and honest about it too like hasn't been a linear journey has been super up and down and um you know it's been really hard and there's been bits and pieces in there that i had no idea that he'd been through and um he was so yeah really authentic with the whole chat and the challenges around business and relationships and people and even you know battling in court and those sorts of things that people sort of don't really get to see so spoke a lot about his family being a dad and and the like as well. So lots and lots to learn from so much. Really enjoyed this chat and I hope you will too. Ilya XX. Hi fam, it's Dylan's mum, Deborah. This is Dylan Friend. He gives you a back rub. This is, you know, you're going well, Brian. Oh, special. Get comfortable, uncomfortable. Mm. Just keep showing up and find a way. Cam was so nervous he couldn't swallow water. Carrying a sheet of paper with six names and said, Chief, we've got to cut these six blokes. Oh, shut up. I've just been barbed by a stingray, mate. I'm just yelling at you. Save my life, you save my life, you save my life. Thank you, thank you. I spent the last, I think it was a couple of weeks in jail. The deepest, darkest moments often bring about our biggest highs. Hey, we're on. Oh, we're on. Yeah. We're on, we're on, we're on. We're Sammy, on. welcome. Thanks for having me, mate. mate first Good we're going to gonna air some dirty laundry. Right. First host to double stand up me. I think you do that <laughs> double stand up. <laughs> was it a double? Don't bring that up. <laughs> it was a stand up and a reschedule. <laughs> stand up and oh, a reschedule. Mate, I feel so shit. Now, you're, you're a very organised man. You're an incredible businessman. You're a great person. Heard all these incredible things. I know oh. a lot of people that work with you on lots of stuff. Took me a long time to have the courage to reach out and get you oh, on the please. show. And we exchange emails, you know, you're great with this. One thing that annoys me with people sometimes that it doesn't happen is I'm a big calendar invite guy. Yeah. So I'm always sending calendar invites. For, yeah. for me, my schedule has been my life. Like I went to school, played footy, and then I didn't have my calendar. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? I need to know. You refuse to accept uh, the invites. I've, You've got to accept the invite. <laughs> this sounds like such a bullshit lame <laughs> excuse. I, and 
you got to own these things. <laughs> I fucked up. I stood you up. I felt shocking about it. Like my gut sunk <laughs> when you don't messed be me. Silly. We're, We're not very tech. busy here. You still got me a motor watch. I'm like, oh my god. But my nine month old, about two days before our meeting, or our, our podcast scheduled, <laughs> yeah. threw my laptop on the ground off a little wheelie chair and yep. smashed into a million pieces. So mm. I didn't have a laptop. Okay. And it sounds it sounds so bad. But for some reason, my phone and my laptop hadn't synced. synced. You got to do that. And where I'd accepted it on my laptop, it hadn't accepted it into my calendar and it was still sitting in pending no, invites. I, for, I forgive you. Don't that's, worry. That's my story and I'm but sitting to it. it. Well, as we are chatting off air before, um, you're a father of four? Four girls, yeah. Four girls. So yeah. we, you know, I'm, I'm pending and, and you were just saying before off air, you're about to head on to Hamish Blake's. Are you, is we going to announce that? You're going to be well, on that show I, soon? I don't know. Well, if we, we are, are we're doing are. it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> by the time this comes out, that will that's probably be right. out as well. Yeah. So can you give me a little maybe snippet of of what you might be talking about on there? What's your, yeah, what's a, what's, what's, what's I mean, been a big part? Listens to a, listen to a few of Hames Epps, and it, I don't know. It's kind of learning how other dads do it because yeah. I'm definitely a believer. There's not just one right way. I wasn't one of these parents who read a lot of parenting books or anything like mm. that. It was very much kind of learn as you go. But oh yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sort of proud of the dad that I am. I feel like I'm really lucky to spend as much time with my kids yeah. as I do. You know, my mum died when I was 15. And I didn't have a terribly good relationship with my dad when she passed away just because he worked so much. So we've kind of built this bond from sort of 15, 16 to now where we're best mates and, so, you know, I love him to bits. And he sacrificed an enormous amount when mum passed away. But I speak to him a lot about the regrets that he sort of had mm. about not spending as much time with us when mum was alive and how it sort of took this tragedy to bring us as close as we are. And I guess from a parenting perspective, I just don't want to have those same regrets. Yeah. You know, I feel like, yes, I work hard and yes, I've got a couple of businesses, but I'm my own boss and I'm really lucky in that way. And we live in this crazy technology world these days where you can kind of do things on your phone and work from home. And I just don't want to miss all that. You know, I just want to be present with my kids and not yeah. miss the important stuff. You know, they're, they're, they're big and they're little. I've got Evie who's got her year 12 formal this wow. Saturday. And uh, yeah, she's at Corfield Grammar there and yeah, she's off to the year 12 formal this Saturday, which is a big, big deal for her and she's super pumped. And then three little ones who are five, three and uh, nine months. So yeah, either end of the spectrum, but madness. Isn't it incredible? You know, I think, I suppose just on the reflection of this and don't want to steal Hamish Blake's thunder here because it's just more of a reflection <laughs> of my own is, sorry, Hamish, is that that's probably what has been a big thing on my mind at the moment. And, and you have like role models of your, your family as well. Yeah. And, you know, I've been pretty public with, um, not sure if you were, my relationship sort of with my dad is, is great, really good now, but probably yeah. he had his own um, struggles with, uh, depression and mental yeah. health and addiction and stuff like that. And, you know, it's taken us to this age now to really have those, the, a really, really good relationship. And it's not the fact that people just doing the best they can, like the parents out there. You know, I know he, he gave me so much support and love, but probably there was some things that he regretted. And it's sort of a, almost in a way a lesson for what I want to be. You know, it's nearly like the best yeah. gift that he could have given me in a way. Yeah, I mean, um, there's a lot, I, I take a lot of the good stuff from yeah. my dad too. I mean, he's a hard ass on me and sort of really strong on learning the value of money and having a work ethic mm. and getting a job. And I'm big on that with Evie, my teenager. I'm definitely going to be big on that with my little yep. girls as they get a bit older because I absolutely think I have achieved some of the things I have achieved because he was like that on me. You know, I remember ringing him, I was at first year uni and I crashed my car and I had no money and 
was literally broke, could barely, you know, I was eating baked beans and cans of tuna for dinner and working at a gym in Ballarat at 5am in the morning and it was freezing bloody cold and I was earning about 10 bucks an hour and he's like, I said, Dad, I know you told me when I was 18 you weren't going to give me any money but I'm really stuck and he's like, you'll work it out. If I give you money, you won't work it out and just hung the phone up on me. Like he was tough but it's it's been so good and I you know I worry that I spoil my girls a little bit yeah. and it, it sort of always sort of reminds me and keeps me in check to not do that because I will regret it and it, and it's not about what it is for me it won't be good for them in the long run yeah it's mate and I'm sure that you've faced this uh this this not not dilemma but this maybe parenting thing it's it's like with with kids it's you know we I grew up in a in family we weren't um, wealthy by any means, but never went without. My mum and dad just did yeah. whatever I could to, yeah, to do same. what they could. Oh, similar. And <clears throat> I think about that now. There's sort of like this quote that comes up quite a bit on. on I'm going to say I read a quote. To be honest, it was on TikTok, but it was about. <laughs> oh, I always fuck it up, but it said like my grandfather walked to work. Yeah. My father drove a Ford. I drive a Mercedes. My son will drive a Lamborghini. His son will walk to work again. Yeah. And it's that knowledge of like yeah. you know that motion of hard work creates this but then if you don't instill that but obviously with your situation and, and a lot of people's situation you know you've been incredibly worked so hard and, and so fortuitous and you've done such an incredible job and you've earned what you've what you've been recently done with the business congratulations but does that how does that play on your mind going like fuck like no, it does yeah. yeah yeah i mean i think it's a great quote i think yeah, you've just got to keep these things in check and i mean i say to my girls you know like we've got a pool at home and like I don't want them to think everyone has a pool at home. No. You know, like I say to my five-year-old, like, do you realise how lucky we are to be able to swim at home? Yeah. You know, and she's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, not everyone has a pool with her. And she's like, oh. Like you can tell yeah. she actually sort of resonates with it and thinks about it and goes, oh, that's the gratitude and yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, we're very, very lucky that we can do swimming after yeah. school. And she's like, oh, that's good, you know. Like just, just, just that's just one stupid example. Yeah, for you sure. Know? But I don't want them to think everybody has a pool at home or, you know, like that, yeah. you know, that, that or, or, you know, at, for example. 100%. Yeah. No, I totally agree, Mark. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, I'll move on. Sorry, Hamish. That's uh, we're, we're, that, that's, <laughs> we're just absolutely fucking Save the sure. rest of the guys. <laughs> Say, go to go listening to to his show. It's actually incredible. I've listened to a lot of this yeah, stuff, so I'm no, excited to hear the, the rest it. of yours. Yeah, um, hey, out. on this as well, am I reading right? You're doing a bit of Feb fast stuff at the moment. Yeah, I'm Feb fasting too. Yeah, good man. Yeah, yeah no, I, not, I didn't actually realise there was a fundraiser element that is, I fucked this up. This is so. the thing with Feb fast. Yeah. Everyone Feb fasts. Yeah. But no one's officially doing it. Yeah, right. And I remember when when they asked me to be involved and kind of promote it to my 28 ers that they said that's one of the biggest challenges. You know, there's tens of thousands of Aussies doing FebFast, but only a few thousand of them registering properly. Mm. And actually, you know, it's it's become this colloquialism that we also were yeah. doing it. It's like doing Movember without donating the money for it, like yeah. growing the mole and not. Yeah. yeah, and look, I still think it's a good thing. Yeah. I yeah. think if you're having a month off the booze and it's good for your mental and physical health and it sort of shows you the difference of when you are drinking and when you're not. I, when when Sinus was pregnant with Charlie, I didn't drink through the whole pregnancy mm. and I, I, I drink. Like I, I love having a beer with my mates, yeah, me too. love a glass of red. Definitely was a big binge drinker in my sort of teens and 20s and, you know, it, I, I find – mentally more than physically actually I, I'm much more positive and energetic and have a lot more clarity and it's really good for me and I just I just think for anyone out there if you do think you drink too much just do it for a month to mm. show you what 
have have how it's different. Yeah. And you know, if it's not for you, it's not for you. But I bet you there are certain things you go, oh, this is actually good for a number of reasons and I should have these little I'm not saying don't drink at all, but, you know, have these little breaks. Well, it's just, it's like that discipline piece, isn't it? So the reason I actually did it, um, funnily enough, was that nothing, to, you know, people might think it was to do with my old man. So it had nothing to do with it. I just yeah. remembered that when I was playing footy back in the day, like I had, it was always a bit of a excuse for me to be like, oh, I can't drink, got training tomorrow sort of thing. And then I left and I don't have that thing that has an excuse anymore. So I just found that I was always just going, oh, I'll have one, I'll have two, I'll have three. And it was just, I was like, fuck, I just don't have any discipline. Like mm. I, I wanted to have that in me to be like, no. You need to just see if you can go without it. Like yeah. this is the part. So that was a big thing for me. And to be honest, the first week I cooked it and I, I didn't, you know, I already fell victim to having a beer because I, I couldn't say no, but it just, yeah. it's like a muscle it just gets a little yeah. bit stronger each time. Yeah, I slipped into some not so good habits during COVID or anything yeah. like, I mean, not usually it works. Every time I get home, it's kind of then dinner with the kids. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I reckon during COVID working from home and stuff, I was cracking a beer at like four o'clock in the afternoon because it felt like it was later and. It was just, you know, during the week, like I was sort of this guy who wouldn't drink during the week because I was exercising a lot and working a lot. I don't know, during COVID when all the days sort of bled into one, I definitely oh, was yeah. a bit I don't of a think slippery slope. No, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, yeah. yeah, but it was interesting how it creeps up on you. Hey, um, take us back to, to you, to Sam Wood. Now, I think like I, I actually didn't watch The Bachelor. So I, that's I've never seen it either, man. And that's not a like that's just more of a. I know you from sort of twenty eight by Sam Wood. Like that's how I I, I refer to uh, to you, and I think hopefully you enjoy that. Like I I like it when people don't know me as a, as an yeah. ex player sort yeah. of thing. It's sort of a nice thing because it shows that you've been able to do. You, it's you've amazing got how long it takes. Yeah, I remember. I remember I was on Fitzy and Whipper. Must have been. Two years after The Bachelor, 28 was really starting to go well and I was, you know, really proud of all this stuff we were doing in the fitness space. And he said to me, Sammy, this, uh, this is uh, Fitzy, Ryan Fitzgerald. He goes, 10 years, mate. And I go, what, 10 years what? And he goes, it'll be 10 years before people oh, forget you're brother. on that stupid reality yeah. show and they actually think of you for being being the fitness guy yeah. or the business guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah. 10 fucking years. I remember at the time <laughs> Like, you know, not not that I'm I've never shied away from the fact that none of you know, first of all, my beautiful family and snares, yeah. but also none of the business stuff would be possible without of going on The Bachelor. But don't necessarily want to be remembered as that guy forever either with, you know, other stuff that I'm super proud of. But it's uh I reckon he's about spot on. It's been seven and it's three <laughs> still more pretty strong. Yeah, there you go. Three more. Yeah, I reckon ten's about right. So what how did it start for you into so grew up in Tassie? You yep. born in Tassie? Yep. Then moved over to Victoria. Yep. Came to Melbourne when I was twenty. In the uh, fitness industry, working in just as like PT. Yeah. PT, working in gyms, yeah. uh, doing an exercise science degree. After sort of five, six years doing PT and loving it, I was always determined to have my own business. I went out and uh, started a kids fitness business yeah. called Gecko, Gecko. Yeah. yeah, which was something I was super passionate about, getting kids active, but it was a really hard business to make money with. We, we took an old garage over, we converted into Australia's first ever kids gym in 2007, had 400 kids enrolled in after school programs, did birthday parties on the weekends, and it was a really good business as a standalone one-off centre. But then the challenge of trying to scale it, either through licensing or franchising, was a very expensive lesson learning mm. five year exercise where we never really cracked the code. When I sold Gecko for not very much money to one of our franchisees, sort of fast forwarding 10 years from uh, 2007, I was $900,000 in debt uh, from, from Gecko. I had a very wealthy 
business partner slash investor who had lent me the money interest free. Um, but I owed him 900 grand and to be honest, that really stressed me out. And if it wasn't for the success of 28, I'd still be paying him back. Yeah. So was that just big, like how big of a lesson was that for you getting in? Like, because you're talking about going into sort of the fitness industry because you you can go into fitness industry and not actually understand the business side of things too. Yeah. And I definitely didn't. I mean, uh, nowhere near compared to it. And now I was just, I was blindly optimistic and he believed probably 90% in me, 10% in the business, but he really thought Sam's going to pull this off. Like he liked me and he sort of believed in me, I think more on a personal level. And I'd ask him, you know, like it, it wasn't like he just kept forking out money. Like it got to the point where I really had to sort of convince him and say, look, I just, I think we're really close to a turning point if we just have a bit more money to try a few more things. But it just snowballed out of control, you know, like 400 became 500. Like even weirdly, I didn't even quite understand it was at 900 in my head, I don't reckon, until he sort of said to me one day, Sam, you nearly owe me a million dollars. Like, you know, enough's enough. Like if we don't think this thing's going to pop, I can't just keep funding it. And, you know, I'd said, I'll pay you if it doesn't work, I'll pay you back every cent. You know, like I was just... I don't know. I think it was pride. I think probably a bit of ego. You know, I, I I didn't want to admit that it had failed. I didn't want to give up. And it's weird. As much as no one wants to run a business for 10 years and lose a million dollars, it doesn't sound like a very fun exercise because it's not. I don't think the success of 28 would have been anywhere near as good if I hadn't learnt those lessons and made those mistakes and perhaps yeah, gone, gone through that whole process. I mean, it was a whole bunch of things. Of course, it was The Bachelor. Of course, I was 10 years older. The online digital space is very different. Yeah, I definitely think those those tough lessons and, and that whole exercise in the long run helped helped the success. Before we get into the, the part about like coming on The Bachelor and building the profile, meaning stairs, yeah. those sorts of things to then snowball the next venture, Yeah. What what do you think initially when you – somewhat maybe failed, failed yeah. fast in that uh, with Gecko. Didn't Gekko. fail fast. Failed slowly. Oh, yeah, I think that was the problem. You didn't fail yeah, fast. I, yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I, yeah you so held on too long. Yeah, I so did. So what yeah. were those, the big lessons you learned from that that you knew when you go, okay, the next thing I do, fuck, these are the things that, and often, sorry, I'm just so interested in the story, but often there's not one thing, is it? And, they, and you don't fail once, you fail 15 times. Yeah. And it's not like one after the other or. I think you know I, I, we'd have we'd have, and it sounds silly. I call them gecko board meetings, but I'd I'd sort of collate when things weren't going as well, and we're sort of scratching our head to how to get the model right. I sort of put together this little team of people that were either ex clients of successful business people who were clients of mine at the at the gym, or friends that worked in you know different areas of sort of consulting and that kind of stuff that I thought could be really valuable. And I remember this one guy, Glenn, who's really good guy, trained his wife and his kids and he, he was a really good business person and yeah, he said to me once, I remember it like it was yesterday, I reckon we were 600 grand in debt and he goes, Sammy, I don't want to piss on your barbecue but this is fucked. And then, yeah, next thing I've got his wife ringing me up, apologising for Glenn being so direct and, and like he was spot on. He looks at a business by the numbers and he's like, mate, I just can't see any way that this is ever going to make money. 
not particularly the way you think it's going to be mm. in your pie in the sky yeah. dream world that you're living in. And I still wouldn't listen to him. You know, I was like, that almost made me more determined to prove him wrong. Like it was just, <laughs> just dumb. But I mean, there were some other valuable lessons, like definitely trying to do everything myself, mm. not delegating enough. I feel, I feel like too, like I probably knew that the model didn't work in two years and yet I persisted with it for five. And I think the big lesson there that I've carried into other business ventures is, like you say, learn fast and then, and then pivot accordingly rather than just bang your head against a brick wall when something is clearly not going to work straight away. You know, like don't waste any more time, energy, resources, money on something that it's not there. And conversely, when it pops, go hard at it. You know, like the thing with 28 was it just, it just went and it was like, right, you know, like, let's not die wondering. Let's see what this can be and, you know, continue that we just poured every bit of revenue back into it to see how big it could get and, you know, built a great, you know, not just in marketing but in mm. building out this team of making sure that, you know, there were people that were experts in areas that I definitely wasn't. And I, and I, I definitely think whether it was conscious or subconscious, they were sort of things that I was determined to that I had learnt through the Gecko experience that I was determined to not make the same mistakes or if I did find something that I'd hoped had happened with Gecko that I I didn't, uh, I don't know, lose the opportunity. I, I didn't sort of go, oh, yeah, I wasn't timid. It was like, let's see how big this thing can get. So your 900K in debt yeah. is 28 by Sam. Is that on the way? Is yeah, the so bachelor first or did that come after? Like, What nah, was the timeline so I still like? had Gecko and I had my gym, the woodshed. Yep. When I went on The Bachelor. And you're still in debt at this stage? Or you're paying, yeah, starting to pay nah, back the debt? No, nah, I, was, I was in debt. No, I wasn't paying anything off. Yep. In fact, the debt was probably, the hole was probably just getting deeper. Yeah. I had gone on The Bachelor genuinely hoping to meet someone, mm. but I'm like, oh, there's 20 girls on it. Probably not one of those 20 is going to be the girl I spend the rest of my life with. However, I think it'll be a really crazy life experience. It was weird. I never really wanted to go on The Bachelor. And then when I got told it's yours if you want it, I had this sinking feeling that if I don't do it, I'll always wonder right. what and I'll regret it. How so, did that go? Did you apply? Uh, did you headhunt it? Like how did yeah, it Yeah, no, work? I applied yeah. based on a client of the gym insisting that I apply. I'd yeah, never right. seen the show before. and But I hadn't seen an episode before I shot my first episode. In fact, I hadn't watched an episode until me and my mates, who ripped the piss out of me very hard, watched the first episode. So it was it was a strange experience. But I remember um, the producer of the show said to me, now, I just heard you've never seen the show. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. And he goes, mate, do you know what you're getting yourself into? And I was like, this thing's, this thing's a behemoth. And I'm like, yeah, probably not. And you could tell he was like, part of that worries me. Part of it I like because he doesn't have this sort of preconceived plan or these preconceived yeah. ideas and he's probably just going to go with the flow and that's sort of how it panned out. He said, we'll shoot the first night and if it's an absolute train wreck, I might have you to go away and watch some episodes so you just understand what this show is all about. And the first ep, according to him, was great because I was just this goofy bloke going, yeah. what the fuck's going on? As 20 girls walked down the driveway and met me and he loved it because I wasn't, I was just being myself. And yeah, and then, I mean, look, with the, with these reality shows, they either want a love story or a train wreck. And when I met Snez, they were like, this is awesome because you could just see that it was legit and the two of us really clicked and let's see where this goes. That's awesome. Yeah. Did you, with that as well, like I can imagine from 
going in and meeting someone early. You, you probably have a very good idea, but you've got to prolong the series out, obviously. Like you can't just yeah. go, yeah, that's the, No, like, I mean that was the hardest. Was that thing. the hard part? Yeah, yeah. That was really uncomfortable in bits. And they do these weird things because they don't want SNES to think that like to think that it's a done deal yeah. either. So they'd continually plant seeds of oh, doubt. Yeah, it might have been a good date with you, but apparently had a great date with so and so yesterday. And like if any time that she got confidence and she's not she wasn't getting overconfident, yeah. but she could tell that when we spent time with each other, it was pretty amazing. But they were just worried, like, oh, we can't have that. Were you allowed so, to text in between? Or no, nothing, yeah, mate. So just, they pull you apart. Yeah. They wouldn't, you weren't allowed to even see each other unless you were mic'd up. Wow. So the second a date is over, boom, they pull you apart and off you go to your separate quarters and off she'd go back to the back to the mansion with all the other girls. Unbelievable. Before we move on, because I know there will be some Bachelor, definitely <laughs> some people out there, nostalgia. Is there, is there a funny memory that stands out the most for you on the show or just like a tidbit that, 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 the, that the diehards would love to know about behind the scenes with Snares or yourself or anything? Uh, Does anything stand out to you? Uh, there was one moment where, because it is so like this, it was probably down to five or six girls left and Snez and I had this bathtub scene that never even made the cut to the mm. show. And the sound guy, battery went flat. And so he had to go and get a new battery and he sort of naively left us alone with no <laughs> microphone for the first time ever. So I'd known Snez for 12 weeks yeah. and not once had we had a second without a camera or a microphone on. And he left and you could hear... Hey, who's with them? Who's with them? And I reckon I had maybe 10 seconds with Snez before yeah. I could hear this guy Running. flying back down the stairs to this sort of like romantic bathroom setup. And I looked Snez in the eye and squeezed her hand and said, You got nothing to worry about. And then boom, this guy came barging wow. through the door. And she sort of looked at me with this wry <laughs> smile. No one had known that we'd had this moment because for the first time ever, there were no mics on. And again, they were still telling her, don't get overconfident. Don't, you know, so I'm sure there was still some seed of doubt that wow. as he just said that and he said other stuff, but but it was a really nice little moment that we had because I was really starting to care about her and I wanted to sort of reassure her if I could. Ah, yeah. fantastic. That's beautiful. Absolutely stunning. Moving on. So you finish up off the bachelor. Yeah, finish the bachelor. Yeah. What a bloody crazy experience. Was it, it was... even crazier post? Because I can imagine yeah. like the, you know, uh, the, the fascination the, and stuff with everything. Yeah, so your life, the actual filming experience is just incredibly grueling. Yeah. You know, six hours a day, 15 hours a day, six, six days a week, 15 hours a day because you're going off on all these, you know, location dates where you've got to do sunrise shoots and sunset cocktail parties and so it's really intense. And then on Sundays you do PR for all the different magazines, that kind of stuff to pump up the show for when it all came out. And so that was that was just really challenging because you lose your independence. You've got minders 24-7. They won't even let you get out of the car to get a cup of coffee. It's a really sort of like fishbowl environment that I hate because I'm a pretty independent person. But I understood it was part of the process. But then, yeah, the, the day it all goes live, like even when mm. I got back, my life was relatively normal for about two weeks because the ads hadn't started coming out yet. It was, you know, I had to lie to my receptionist at the gym because you're not allowed to tell anyone. You know, I got told, yep, Sam, you're it if you want it, but you're going to have to move up to Sydney for 15 weeks and you've got to be up here in 10 days and you can't tell a soul where you're going. I'm like, well, it's easier said than done when you've got a gym and a franchise business and all this kind of stuff. So I told Ruby, I said, 
I've decided to do a business course in America or something stupid. She's like, oh, yeah, when? I said, got to leave in nine days. She's like, what the hell? She thought I was completely irresponsible. Easter, four days of outdoor adventures, work in the garage or doing stuff around the home or even in the garden. You've got to love that. Bring on the jobs and pile them up. 101 long weekend jobs ready to tackle. You could be in the outdoors, putting your four-wheel drive to the test, tearing down an internal wall or maybe putting a new one up, or even repurposing an old wine barrel for an outdoor table. Whatever the task over Easter, Trojan Tools are up for the job. Trojan Tools. Quality tools at DIY prices, backed by a lifetime warranty. Available in-store or online at Bunnings Warehouse. Trojan. Tools built tough. The AFL season is underway and you can now watch every game of every round live on KO. Games of the round include Carlton vs Richmond on Thursday night. These games don't get much bigger than this and no matter where these teams are on the ladder, it's always a blockbuster. On Friday night, it's Collingwood vs Sydney. Speaking of big games, these two do not play a bad one, especially with Brodie Grundy and Taylor Adams now playing for the Swans against their old mob, the Pies. And on Saturday afternoon, it's Essendon vs Hawthorne, the line in the sand. Gee whiz, this could be exciting. Exciting, two young up-and-coming teams. Watch live now with no ad breaks in play. 4K capabilities have arrived. You can now watch selected AFL games in detail so clear you think you're part of the action. New to KO? Get on board and start your free trial today. And then, yeah, I think it leaked out in the media about halfway through the filming. The paparazzi had caught a photo of me and done some, you know, digging to who it was. And uh, I didn't have a phone at the time because they take your phone away from you as well, which, again feels really weird because you're so disconnected to your your life but they don't when you're googling yourself and all this kind of stuff and uh yeah but afterwards it was nuts like paparazzi camped outside my house 24 7 in australia hey until no, we look no. at like they're outside my gym all the time you're on every bus tram billboard tv ad like you literally go from complete obscurity to one of the most recognizable mm. men in the country in about four days and it's mental like your phone's just blowing up like what the fuck is going is this you is this true is this really happening oh my god how did you keep this a secret and it's a real process because you then can't there was like a three-month period from when The Bachelor was first advertised and everyone's promoting Sam Wood is the new Bachelor to when the finale is and you and Snez can finally tell people. Yeah. So they would fly Snez from Perth and me from Melbourne on separate days to a rendezvous point in a tinted car. Like it was just ludicrous. It was like, like something out of bloody a Bourne movie to get you to spend 24 hours together and then ship you back and the the paparazzi (laughs) pay off the airlines to be at the airport when you're arriving. Like there's all this stuff that I was just like, as if that's That's – I was like, yeah, as if this stuff happens in Australia. It's not Hollywood. They are so determined. I had a paparazzi guy offer me a hundred grand if I told him who the winner was. You are kidding. Yeah, yeah, which – it was a lot of money. <laughs> that is a lot. Oh, that would have helped the 900. Yeah. <laughs> 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 what do you mean? No. It was a nice little dent in my headache. But, uh, yeah, so then 28, 28 launched sort of six months after the show. Yeah. So just on that as well, like with that sort of – you can look at it both ways. You can you can go, this is a situation that's dealt at the moment, okay? Obviously we're here. We're one of the most recognisable couples in, the, in Australia right now and you can use the leverage off that to then do other things. Is that what the mindset was? Like I'd be lying as well if I said like yeah. with, with footy, like I've used that leverage as much as some parts of it I didn't 
enjoy, I've had to, the, the leverage has got me to where I am now and it's had to, you know, go into that a little bit. So I'd always looked at the online programs like Michelle Bridges and Kayla and yeah. gone, it's amazing the reach they have. But this was early too because this Very wasn't, early. like this is, yeah. online programs probably wasn't a thing. No, well, they were the only two. Yeah. So they were the, you know, and Michelle Bridges was a not even an app; it was a website, and hers was very different. Kayla's had just evolved, I think, from a ebook that you know girls all over the world were printing out and taking to the gym with them to some kind of you know digital version. And to answer your question, do I'd, I'd of course thought, you know, probably thinking way too small retrospectively. Oh, and if I don't meet someone, it'll be good for my profile and be good for Gecko. That was sort of the initial thinking. Then as you realise the scale of it, I sort of started to think, I'm I'm thinking too small. Like, of course, it could help Gecko, but my personal profile is way bigger than I ever thought it could be, would be from this show. I should do something more about me. And, well, you know, more of an extension of me, you know, like the, you say, what lessons did you learn? I mean, the lesson with Gecko that I did learn was I couldn't clone myself, you know, like every time we'd open a franchise, unless it was me taking the classes or unless I was there to keep the quality control at a particular level, it just wasn't the same experience that these kids were getting, unfortunately. Whereas the Hampton one that we opened had 400 kids, you know, within the first few months. So, you know, then that's what they sort of say, like you can't clone yourself. So if it's scalable, you've got to have all the systems in place that allow you to scale it out. And, you know, the experience doesn't change, you know, the McDonald's model, all that kind of stuff. The beauty of technology meant that through an app, I kind of could clone myself because mm. it could be me on people's phones, iPads or laptops in their living rooms training every day. And whether it was 100 people or 100,000 people didn't really change. So that was the one of those big sort of light bulb moments for me. And, of course, I still didn't really get it. I'm not a tech guy. Like I, I'm, I'm a people guy and a fitness guy. I, you know, I, I understand what our tech does, but I don't code or anything like that. And yeah, we, we launched on the 1st of Feb in 2016, the 28 program, just as a website. And we had 5,000 subscribers in 40 days at 50 bucks a month. And then it was like, whoa, we got something special here. And it was daily videos from me every day, um, you know, what can we do to give them more great nutrition content, more mindfulness content, more exercise content? I mean, I look back now at the product, the branding. It was pretty crappy back then. I mean, I was proud of it in the moment, but I look back seven years later and go, God, we've come a long way. But, uh, yeah, that was that was the first, like, rush of excitement that, wow, this this whole scalable tech thing is so exciting and the feedback I was getting from hundreds of Aussies saying, I love your program. I did your workout this morning. I love this recipe. It was just addictive. I loved every second of it. I'm trying to listen, think of a question and also do a sum in my head of what that is. So 50 times, is that 250 grand a month? Yeah. Yeah. So we sort of shot to, so we never had to borrow money. When I say we, it was me. It was, you yeah. know, we ne never had to borrow money. Could could just tip every cent back. You know, I didn't pull Into, any money out. Yeah. It's not like I went off and bought myself a sports car or anything stupid. Yeah. 
it was very much, you know, I was working out of the gym and we had some tech guys working out of a little office in South Yarra and it was a bit of a mishmash of content and tech sort of coming, coming together. together. But yeah, as it started to get bigger, you know, it was interesting. Like we were discovering who's our customer. Like, cause we'd created an- Who I- is it? Yeah. Like what, what is your biggest customer? Well, our customer is and always has been females aged late twenties to early fifties. Lots of, and lots of mums within yep. that. And it was funny. That's not necessarily who we'd aim to create 28 for, but it's 28-minute workouts, so they're under half an hour. You can do them from home. Um, and we've got a wonderful nutrition recipe component, and it's just who fell in love with it. They're like, I don't like the gym. It's too intimidating for me, or I've got kids. How on earth do I get to the gym? It's just logistically too hard or whatever it might be. So, yeah, once we learned who our audience was, we that, that's when we embraced that. We didn't then try to be everything to everybody mm-hmm. and go, well, how do we get more men on the program? How do we get more young young girls on the program? We loved that that was our spot. And it's, and it's kind of funny. These businesses often – grow as you do, you know, like now as I've become a dad to three young girls, I can relate so much better to our direct customer. And I think that's really powerful. And, you know, they adore snares and, you know, it's, it's, it really is. Community. It is. Yeah. And we, I mean, we call it the 28 family because it really is that. And it's an extension of almost our personal family. We let them totally into our lives. Mm. You know, I mean, everyone sort of wanted to be in, in our lives anyway, after the show, and through social media. So we're like, well, why not give the 28 family an even better look as sort of part of the whole experience? And it's just really helped us con- connect on a deeper level with these people because getting in shape is such an emotional thing. It's it not is. it's not just counting calories or getting steps up or doing a workout. It's, you know, if you don't have the right sort of mindset or emotional attachment to it, it doesn't typically last very long. So we, uh, you know, we try to connect with them on every level. Was it to get to where it is now? And again, it feels... In Australia, I feel like we're not as used to maybe talking financials yeah. or as comfortable no, no, with it. Like, weird, and it, it, it yeah. even feels, you know, intrusive for me to say this, but like $71 million the company was bought a percentage for. Is that right? Uh, so the valuation was 71, 71 and it was a merger. A merger. It's never, I mean. Of course. Know, the, according to Daily Mail, I've got $71 million in my bank. Yes. And I can categorically do that. <laughs> yeah, Unfortunately, not the case. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it was a huge proud moment proud. when your business gets valued at that and then we're, we're now working with the company that you know, we, nothing's changed I mean we, we still work 90% of our time and just building out the 28 program and then 10% of our time looking at other ways we can uh, sort Add of integrate yeah, yeah exactly exactly I'm assuming uh, if I know anything about business which I, I really don't I'm just making it up on the spot but oh, thank you something honest. I've learned is that a lot of growth isn't linear. There's, yeah. you know, you spoke about your first month doing really well, but I'm sure that there's that trajectory wasn't always that steep. Was yeah. there any other challenging things you had oh, to man, face? Oh, mate, I'm so through? glad you said that actually because it must sound like this guy just hit a home run and seven years later nothing changed. We, mate, we had, we've had so many ups and downs and, you know, we've had moments where the whole thing felt like it felt like the ride might be over. It felt like we we're going to start going backwards. Um so many things have changed in that seven years. You know, when we when we first launched, Facebook was a completely different beast to what it is now. I remember, you know, we used to spend a hundred grand a month on digital marketing and get a new customer for twenty bucks, and it was just like, oh, how good's this? And you kind of have in your head, this will never, 
end. I mean, now it costs us about $250 to get a customer on mm. Facebook. It's a whole different beast. So we had, yeah, we had many ups and downs, many times where we thought this is amazing and then we'd hit a wall and we'd plateau. Um, obviously our operating costs were continually going up as we build a team out, as our advertising costs went up. So that puts a lot more pressure on you to continually grow your subscription base. And, you know, there's, we were getting, you said when we started, there was sort of three of us, there's now 3000. So how you distinguish yourself in such a crowded marketplace now is really hard because everyone says the same thing. I mean, I'm super proud of what 28 does. I think we've absolutely got the best product out there. It's comprehensive in far as workouts and nutrition, but they all say the same thing. So workouts and eating plan. It's like, well, that can be a PDF or that can be 3,000 recipes and three, you know, it can be a, a far different experience. But there's going to be copycats. There's going to be new players coming into the game. You've just got to not get too, I think, I, I think – it's an easy trap to fall into worrying about what all your competitors are doing and forgetting that you're probably where you are because you were one of the first and mm. to keep your head ab above everybody else, you should just trust your instincts and trust your gut and, and try and be a leader rather than a follower. We've sort of always, you know, it would probably there was probably a six-month period there where we got sucked into being a bit obsessed with what all our competitors were doing and then we've sort of stopped doing that now and we're more worried about what we're doing and if they copy or follow, so be it, but we're going to be – always coming up with the next thing. But yeah, mate, they were really tough times. You know, I don't want to mention names or anything, but we had, because it was just me as the founder, I don't know, I never called myself the CEO, but I was effectively doing that early days. And I am the first to say I'm not a, probably a CEO in, in a lot of ways. And, you know, there, I was out of my depth. And so I got, I got help from these um, from these guys at one point in time and that it was really interesting. We, I know you have guys that are interested in, guys and girls that are interested in business that listen to your podcast. Definitely, and, a lot of people. And so we, I've got to be careful what I say. I don't, I don't want to air my dirty laundry on no, your of podcast, course, of course. but it, it was a really valuable lesson. I had these two guys who saw how well 28 was doing and they were, one of them was a very, close friend of mine. He'd been a bit of a business mentor to me and he came on board and agreed to help out. And we had discussed him getting a profit share for his mentorship and sort of, you know, business advice. He had another business partner that he said, oh, typically when we do things, we do them as a duo. Do you mind if he comes on board too? I said, no, that, that's okay. Two heads is better than one. And it wasn't until like everything was going fine for six months. They were really helpful. And then we, I don't know, it, something happened where it was a, advised to us that we meet with some business advisors, which you'd never but done before. That's not really my go. It's kind of like, let's just keep doing what we're doing. I love coming to work every day. But it was advised to me, you should speak to some business advisors, not to sell your business, but just to um, make sure you're running it the right way. You know, are you, are you, should you be running it for profit or revenue or, you know, what, what's going to be the, the best outcome long term? I mean, when it's your baby, even the suggestion of selling your business almost makes you feel sick in the stomach. <laughs> You're like, it's like, what do you mean sell my business? I'm never selling my business. <laughs> I love my business. But the advice is sound. You know, you should know how your business is probably going to be valued if you are ever to 
get an exit. And we were sitting in this room with these advisors and they were kind of saying, you know, you've got a very valuable business here. You know, they're throwing figures around, I think, of about $25 million. And I didn't think my business was worth $25 million. I thought my business might be worth $5 million. I didn't know. It's very naive about this stuff. You know, I've come from a personal training background, not a business background. And it, it changed something in the air in the room. It was this weird feeling where it's like the two guys that had been helping me were really concerned that I'd heard this number and now they were going to be like, uh-oh, he knows about the golden egg that he's sitting on. Fuck. Anyway, I could I could feel something had shifted and so I sort of instigated. I said, oh, we should talk about uh, – they're like, oh, we, you know, you, you, you know, well, we agreed that, you know, you would give us equity in the business. I said, we've never agreed to that. We agreed that you would have profit share. Anyway, I had to take these guys to court, get rid of them, spend a million and a half dollars to get rid of them um, because they their version of events, which was absolutely untrue, was that I had promised them equity when the agreement was always profit share for their work in return for the work they were doing. So that was the most horrendous six Basically. months, oh. maybe 12 months. Not, I mean, the worst thing was it was distracting me from running the business that I loved. Anyway, I mean, that was a horrific time. Very expensive, very stressful. Emotional. Uh, it takes yeah, a huge yeah, time. Yeah, very draining. Young family happening at the same time. I felt very alone because they'd kind of been the people that had been able to bounce ideas off and they'd gone from that from that to the actual cause of the problem. It was horrible. But um, what it did sort of do is make, you know, make me think if I ever have someone else involved, I mean, what a learning, like, you know, first of all, we will be crystal clear on what the arrangement Clarity. is in writing from day one. And second of all, it will have, to, it has to be someone that I trust because I'd been bitten and for the first time in my life was a bit bitter and a bit cynical. And I hated that I was becoming that because it's not typically who I am. I'm mm. quite a sort of trusting person. Anyway, Jacko, David Jackson, who's now my business partner and CEO of the business, came on board after that and uh, and we then helped, you know, I, again, I don't want to make it seem like it was all all bloody rainbows and butterflies from then on because it wasn't. But we we then grew the business and the, beyond that point, once, once we got that headache, you know, in our rear vision mirror, and he's the best bloke to work with ever. He's, I went to school with him, went to high school with him. He's been one of my best mates since I was 13. He's crazy smart, super hardworking, good mates with Nick Crocker, ex-PWC, super great guy. And is, uh, yeah, just the best bloke to build a business with ever. And so we were building a really good business and then COVID happened and – Everyone had to train at home and 28 is all about training at home and our business nearly doubled in six months. Wow. So I know how hard COVID was for so many people. So I was really conscious, particularly in the moment to never <laughs> say COVID was a good thing because of course it wasn't, but we were one of the really lucky ones who benefited from COVID. We were just, well, no, yeah, it's a bit of luck obviously, but we also had a wonderful product and we're really well positioned and we did a couple of really smart things that 
again, it was lucky. It wasn't strategic. You know, I started we, – we said we'd do free live workouts mm. at the start of lockdown and I sort of – you know, I had Charlie who was one and Willow who was three and Evie who would have been 15 and we were every morning getting up at 7 a.m. and Snez and I were doing a free live workout. And we said, we'll do this to the end of lockdown. Thing lockdown was going to go for four weeks and it went for 10 months. Yeah. So for 10 months of our life, Monday to Friday, 7 a.m. with two young kids throwing cornflakes at the wall and it was an absolute shit show, we would take a live 30-minute workout. And I think two and a half million Aussies ended up training with us oh, for yeah. free over that period. And it was just one of those things like we gave something to everybody when they really needed it and I think it helped build a lot of trust and a lot of brand awareness and a lot of, um, you know, kind of, I don't know, I don't know what you call it, but the amount of people that still stop me in the streets and go, mate, I did your free workouts during COVID, what a champion, they saved me or 100%. I did your free workouts and that's the f way I discovered your program. I've now been a member for three years since then. So, yeah, there was a number of magic things that kind of happened during that period that really helped us go to another level. And, um, and yeah, then we were fortunate enough to yeah, get that valuation kind of at the tail end of that period. It, 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 for me, it comes back to what you said earlier about there's this optimism to yourself and a lot of successful people like you that just see that nearly the blindness in a positive, no matter what happens. And yeah. to look to go into COVID and to actually get a better situation out of it than not is, is, incredible like I, I like to think that we tried to do that as well yeah, we, no, we, we I reckon podcasted you did. Yeah. through the whole thing and there's a time we were like fuck we've got to stop but we just said no nah, we've got to go we've just got to keep going and yeah. we the, the growth of financially or anything wasn't there but it was just that being there for people the community and how much it helped yeah. through that time was was huge and Pe it, people remember people the, people get it like yeah i can when you're trying to sell something people are smart i reckon mm. you can't underestimate how 100%. savvy they are you can't like as soon as you're trying to sell them something, they change their, yeah. you know, relationship with you. When well, they say you're a good person just trying to do good things, they support you financially and in every other way. You know, they tell their friends about you. That you know, and I think, I think people realise we were just a family or a small business, absolutely trying to do the right thing. I mean, some people say to me, "Oh, do you get a bit?" uncomfortable because of the size of your business. I'm like, we're not selling crack on the corners, mm. you know, like we're helping people we're helping get into shape. <laughs> like I shouldn't feel guilty that I'm doing something that's hurting people. Like I'm super proud that every day I get 20 messages in my inbox saying, Sam, you've changed my life or I've finally signed up to do a fun run or awesome. my daughter's losing weight. You know, like it's something I'm super proud of, you know, yeah, like it, it all comes from the right place. It just has happened to become a really successful business, which I'm proud of too, but that was never really the intent. I didn't create 28 to build a business. I never in my wildest dreams thought it would be this big. Two questions. I've got two. I don't want yeah. to forget them because Go. I'm going to say them back to back because they're, they're good <laughs> points. One is I want to talk about quickly around um, your business partner now and like, how important it is to have people that you work with. Because I saw a quote recently, and this actually wasn't on TikTok, it was on Instagram. So it's a little <laughs> bit more credible. But it talked about the people you spend your life with. And yeah. I've mentioned this before, but it's like family, friends, and this, this scale over your life of what it is. And people don't understand. I didn't till I saw this, but you spend people who you work with is over like 80% or 70% of your yeah, life. Right. It's way yeah. more than even your family. So how important to get that dynamic is, is, is vital and be, you know, having like the strengths and weaknesses. And I think, you know, at where I am now, it's not about... 
um, so much to fight, but it's just being somewhere where I'm so happy to work with the people that I am is, is super important. And I know that not everyone has that luxury yet, but it's something that to strive for, I suppose, in that space, if that's where you want to be. And the second thing that I don't even know what the fuck this means, but it's something that's coming up at the moment that I found a lot on the business side of stuff is everyone that keeps saying, oh, you know, be careful guys, we're going into a recession at the end of the year. Mm. And it sort of made me go, well, you know, I don't know, a little bit like yourself, I go into things a little bit blindly and go, let's just give it a crack and see what happens. But I feel like going into this recession, I don't want to be guarded by that and mm. make in those decisions of cutting. It's just like, no, we've got to go. And I think if we can do it well and pivot to whatever it needs to be, we can get through and it actually can be a benefit. A hundred percent. I think, I mean, you don't know what these things are going to be. I mean, everyone's an expert, mm. but I think if you start listening to them and changing who you are, that's where you lose the magic. You know, I, I mean, I know I'm answering your second question first, but also I think you have to absolutely be sensitive to other people's economic situation and, and never lose sight of that. But you still need to just keep doing what you're doing. Mm. I don't think what you're doing or what I'm doing should change. Mm. I mean, it, it's, it fundamentally should be, you know, foot on the gas the whole way. And then regarding surrounding yourself with the right people, mate, it's been the, the biggest thing for me. Just I was wearing so many hats. I was trying to be an expert in areas that I really was out of my depth. Um, I was being terribly inefficient by, you know, having to do all the sort of corporate legal, you know, contractual side of things. It's not podcasts. my forte. Yeah, missing <laughs> Missing podcast. I was glad that came up again. It'll probably come up one more time, I'm sure. But like that that was not one, it's not what I was good at. One, it's not what I enjoyed doing. And and two, it was taking away from my ability to create new content, connect with my members, do my marketing and PR stuff for the business, which I love. Yeah. Like that's not work. That's bouncing out of bed every day. And you know, when you start to feel overwhelmed, and look, it the hardest thing is you've got to you sort of got to double down because it's very cost effective to try and do everything yourself. Yeah. But you've really got to believe that this is going to get big. I mean, and part of the business advice for us was your business is likely to be valued when that day comes on a multiple of revenue rather than a multiple of profit. So stop taking money out of the business and worrying about your overheads and just almost double down or triple down on what you're spending on growing this business. And that was so freeing because we didn't really know. And, you know, I had a $900,000 debt. I didn't, I had a massive mortgage. So I wanted to take some money out of the business purely to de-stress and, and give my family some security. But then when experts that you trust sort of tell you that and say, look, you get a lot less money every month or every year, but in the long run, you'll be far better off. One, it was it was good to get that advice because you believed it was true. But two, it was just so freeing with how we ran the business. You know, making sure, you know, went from a team of 12 with lots of stuff outsourced by agency to kind of keep our, you know, keep the budget under control and keep, you know, have everyone on these retainers, which was a headache to manage, to bringing everything in-house. And, you know, the team was sort of 30 people. And when you can come to work, and I'm old school, I'm not good on tech. Like I sort of struggled 
running the business anywhere near as well during COVID because I'm a much better face-to-face person. Everyone was working from home. I hate the, all these mm. Zoom meetings and all these, you know, tech platforms where you meetings are scheduled and the you know email chains are all running through i'm much better like in the boardroom old school with the whiteboard out like bouncing ideas off each other so it was kind of let's build that team let's not get bogged down and just letting go like letting go of being a control freak i think was the big lesson like i i felt like okay that's not my forte but i still need to be in that meeting and it's like, why am I in this meeting? I don't need to be in this meeting. And eventually you can kind of let go and it's amazing how how freeing and how much more you enjoy work, but also how much better the business did, you know, without Sam there watching over everybody's shoulder when he didn't need to be there at all. And, and yeah, everyone told me retrospectively. Like, <laughs> they used to get pissed at the Christmas party and say, mate, it's been so much better on those meetings since you stopped rocking up in September. Like, yeah, fair cool. But yeah, yeah. It was, uh, they were right. Yeah, I get that one very quickly. <laughs> um, no, it's awesome, mate. You've done such an incredible job with with everything. Um, Thanks, which is super. I can't wait to – can you share the news about what's coming at the moment? Or are you, not can yet, we hold off on that? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I mean, yeah. you said you said these sort of vertical opportunities and now it's how do we – yeah, how do we – use our beautiful community to give, you know, and, and again, these are not our ideas. This is what our community They're has asking been for. asking for. Yeah. And now we're finally in a position that we can give it to them. And I'm super excited about what we can bring them yeah. over the next well, watch, watch this space. six months for sure. Um, lastly, just want to talk about, you know, you're in the podcast world as well. Yes. Talk us no, through. No, I'm, I'm with the king and oh, I, uh, I'm a little bit embarrassed us, by that. Don't, yeah. please, please, don't be uh, Talk us through the pod. What's it about? What's the, some favourite sort of episodes if people Yeah, so in? ours are very short. Actually, it's funny. I wish I had longer. I like that yours are so long. Well, we, do really the two, feel, we do two too. Like, so yeah. we'll go like one, I think the long form stuff I love doing just because personally I just love having conversations. Like I, I forget sometimes that we're actually recording and I'm just learning from yeah. someone I'm talking to. Yeah. And then the other ones we do is a bit more of an inform, like a bit of a catch up time specific, just uh, sorry, time relevancy. And it's just like what we're doing in the business, who's coming up, reviewing the shows, what else we're doing. It's that harnessing probably our community going, oh, hey, we've got a golf day coming up. We've got a live show coming up. And yeah. It's like a newsletter in a podcast nearly. So that's the way we sort of yeah, separate Yeah, I mean, I've two. heard it. The way you yeah. talk to your listeners, like you're, everyone feels like your mate. You know, I don't, I've never met you before. Sam hates like me. Mate. Yeah, well, there you go. Sam's sitting in the corner. Sam, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but my podcast called The Wood Life, it's, it's not fitness specific. It's, you know, anything that could sort of improve your mental or physical well-being or sort of dispelling myths or, you know, we've spoken to Wim Hof about ice baths wow. or, yeah. So he's coming to Australia soon, I think, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, show in Sydney he's a cracker, like actually. Yeah. So... Whether it's mental health experts, nutrition experts, talking about, you know, saunas or fasting or whatever, you know, whatever sort of the, – the fitness world is such a conflicting, confusing one, particularly nutrition actually. Oh, you know, mate. what's right, what's not right, what was right last year is no longer the fad. Fucking, very clever it gives marketing. me anxiety. Like, yeah. Because like, I, I follow a lot of people, like obviously yourself, I follow um, – I follow plant-based stuff because yep. I, I eat a lot of um, plant-based food. And then yeah. I follow Simon. like – Simon. Simon. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, awesome. He's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I follow like Huberman. And like anything yeah. in that yeah. world awesome. is just like yeah. people just fucking attack each no. other. It's like – And well, the reason they're good is they cut through the bullshit. Yeah. You know, like there's so many people out there just being sold the wrong stuff mm. or they're so confused that they're almost – they do nothing because they don't know what's right. And so – 
I just I like that I've got this platform where I can help people. You know, whether it's uh, you know we get our listeners to r- ring in with voice yeah, questions awesome. and we you know respond to their questions and we have a different guest every week. Um, and Three favourite learnings from guests. Have you got any that stand out to you? Like the things that you just had on you, like fuck, that was. That oh, was mate, really- the ice bath one was a game changer for yeah. me because I didn't do it. I knew who Wim Hof was, and yeah. I knew all the rage around these ice bars, cold showers. But I hadn't hadn't taken, excuse the pun, the plunge. Mm. And I started I started with the cold showers, and uh, I now still do it. So I reckon I interviewed Wim Hof eight months ago, and the day after I interviewed him, I started with a thirty second one. I built it up to two minutes. I've got it, mate. And I just, it? mate, it's so freaking good. I I am a real. So do you finish? Yeah, it? I have a normal shower, yeah, and then you wash myself, hot shower, yeah. and then get my phone on the little shower ledge and just press two minutes. Freezing cold, it's horrific. It hasn't really gotten any easier. I'm not here to sell yeah, it like yeah. it's a, it becomes a piece of piss. It's not, but I feel great. Mm. I reckon it's really good. It releases a lot of anxiety and yeah, stuff like that as yeah. well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's big on, and this this was the learning. Like, it's not just the cold. It's when you go into survival mode like that and you have to really focus on your breathing technique, everything else in your cluttered, messed up anxiety head mm. disappears because you go into survival mode. Well, yeah. So many of yeah. us do, you know, to varying degrees, obviously. He goes, you're in survival mode. So all you're thinking about is your breathing and how long have I got to go? And he said, it's so freeing. You know, he yeah, obviously wow. takes it to extremes. Yeah. He holds a record for the fastest barefoot snow marathon and all this ludicrous stuff that I don't think I'll ever be <laughs> going to that level. But yeah, he's been awesome. Heaps of um, heaps of stuff on resilience, mental health. That's just been, yeah. I mean, we have some super, super smart guests. I mean, my favorite guests are the ones that they're highly intelligent, way above my pay grade, but they have an innate ability to translate it to the masses. Yeah. You know, you can get a lot of scientists type people on and sometimes they, I don't understand what they're saying and I don't think they necessarily relate it to the general person. But when you get someone who's crazy smart, but they've found that way to translate it to, to the way every, all of us can benefit from just with one or two simple lifestyle changes, that's where it really hits home and yeah. they're the guests that I love speaking to. Yeah. And that relatability piece too. Yeah. It's just like, but you got to understand that, you know, Wim Hof, et cetera, you're going to have down days. You're not going to do it every day. It takes time to build these parts of it, which we speak about a lot. I'm going to get on the, I, I really am going to get on the cold showers. The last three podcasts I've done, we've spoken about it. You're really the end. right. I've sort of reversed mine. I used to start, I was doing them in footy and then as my yeah. life's gone on, I've sort of stopped. Um, oh, and that's the same, you know, you yeah. do all these things of being an elite athlete that you, you take sure you say, I take for granted the ice bath. Yeah. I mean, people go one of two ways, aren't yeah. they? They either... They feel like there's this huge void in their life. You know, you see Nick Rewald out there doing bloody 2K time trials for fun still because yeah, that's I'm just who he is. No, and then there's that. others that go, stuff that, I'm on the golf course and I'm eating pizza. Yeah, good. Yeah. Um, anything to f- – what's up, what's next? What's next for you? Um, what's plans over the next 12 months? you set goals? Have you got anything? Yeah. The, yeah I know the, we've got some things in the works, but is there uh, anything else? And I'd love to do some more stuff with Snares, my wife. Yeah. She's – um. Got so much to offer. She's been a massive part of 28, but she's just the best mum ever. And now that we've stopped having babies, every time we've we've had the discussion, probably, and it's her thing, not my thing, but I just want to support her. We've had the discussion probably twice and then had another baby and then again and had another baby. And don't be wrong, don't regret that. Most beautiful kids ever. 
but we're definitely not having any more babies. And is that for? Have you, you no, nah, the snip. You, yeah, we know what's next. The snip's next. So. <laughs> I was going to say there's only one way to. Uh, no, the snip's booked in okay. for a fortnight away. So that might be an appointment I don't turn up to. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, the snip's coming, and then yeah, I'd, I'd love to just support Snares. She's been a massive support to me and such a big part of 28 that she's got a few really good ideas with. She wants to bring out her own skincare love that. Uh, brand and um, I think that could be really successful and I'd love to sort of get behind her. And then, yeah, 28's, I don't know, once you have an app, it's never ending. You know, yeah, you can evolution. continue to evolve it. There's, I think the quest is how do I pers- – how do I – improve the personalization of this experience how does every single person on my app whether there's a thousand or fifty thousand people feel like this program this experience is understanding what they want so using ai using whatever you know like you know there's bots and all, all this kind of stuff to understand people's behavior and then serve them more of what they're saying they want and then getting even from the time they join getting as much information off these people to understand what their personal journey needs to look like and then delivering it to them rather than these sort of cookie cutter experiences. I still, I feel like we do that better than most, but I definitely think we could be better. Awesome. Yeah. Mate, I really enjoyed today. Mate, thank you very I much for having it, me. Man. And it's again, so sorry for no, stuffing you around. I've genuinely learned a lot personally and, um, can't thank you enough for your time, bro. So I really can't wait to to continue uh, following the journey, and hopefully we can stay in touch. And, yeah, you bet, mate. And share this, share the share the success is what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah, I love it. It's awesome, man. I really Jeez, appreciate mate. your time. Thanks, thank for you. I know you're me. busy, man. Good on you. Good stuff. Thanks for listening to another Producey podcast. If you enjoyed the show, that'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, subscribe, tap the bell, leave a review, or even share with one of your friends, or you could do them all. If you want to get in touch to share feedback, suggest a guest, or advertise with one of our podcasts, then email hello at producer.com. Thanks for tuning in. IllyXX. Easter. Four days of outdoor adventures, work in the garage, or doing stuff around the home, or even in the garden. you got to love that. Bring on the jobs and pile them up. 101 long weekend jobs ready to tackle. You could be in the outdoors, putting your four-wheel drive to the test, tearing down an internal wall or maybe putting a new one up, or even repurposing an old wine barrel for an outdoor table. Whatever the task over Easter, Trojan Tools are up for the job. Trojan Tools. Quality tools at DIY prices backed by a lifetime warranty. Available in store or online at Bunnings Warehouse. Trojan. Tools built tough. The AFL season is underway and you can now watch every game of every round live on KO. Games of the round include Carlton vs Richmond on Thursday night. These games don't get much bigger than this and no matter where these teams are on the ladder, it's always a blockbuster. On Friday night, it's Collingwood vs Sydney. Speaking of big games, these two do not play a bad one, especially with Brody Grundy and Taylor Adams now playing for the Swans against their old mob, the Pies. And on Saturday afternoon, it's Essendon vs Hawthorne. The line in the sand. Gee whiz, this could be exciting. Two young up-and-coming teams. Watch live now with no ad breaks in play. 4K capabilities have arrived. You can now watch selected AFL games in detail so clear you think you're part of the action. New to KO? Get on board and start your free trial today.